Guys, we had so much fun on today's episode. Uh, I've got uh, Phil Palucha on, and he is, you know, I'll call him the number one podcaster, uh, only because he loves podcasting, but he really does also see it from a business standpoint. And uh, he literally teaches people how to uh, build podcasts, how to monetize them. Uh, but the the other aspect for Phil is really about also giving back. And I think that's a really important aspect that we always like to talk about. Uh, it's great to talk about business. It's great to talk about strategy. But we also want to make sure that we're building our relationships and uh, we're, we're really making sure that we enjoy the journey that is our life. And uh, the key is really about leadership. And so, guys, today I want to introduce to you Phil Palucci. So glad to have you on the show today. Uh, glad you could be with us, and uh, glad that you can share your knowledge and experience uh, with uh, with our audience today. Um, you know, thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a, we're going to put the world to rights. I can tell. That's right. I was like, okay, you know what? That'll that'll be our intro. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do another one afterwards. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you missed the first intro, here's the second intro. Uh, my man, uh, Phil Palooka is with us today. Palooka? Palucha. Palucha. Thank you. Phil Palucha, uh, <laughs> is with us today. Um, and, uh, Phil, uh, again, glad to have you on. Uh, you are a serial entrepreneur, serial podcaster. Um, you know, you teach it, uh, you make it happen. You've started podcasts, you've sold podcasts. And uh, you continue to uh, show people how it's done. That, sure that thing. About right? Yeah, it's a big part of my life. I mean, there's 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 a few aspects to what we do. Podcasting is always the one that we uh, that we find our love going to, especially me. I mean, I've been podcasting for 14 years now, well yeah. in excess of 10,000 hours. You know, as you said, I grew and sold two sports podcast networks, which was just ridiculous because, yeah. you know, we used to get tickets to all the best finals, press pass tickets. We got to meet players and managers who we had no right in meeting all by having a podcast that quite frankly sounded like we were recording it down the pub after the game, but we're just moaning about the sport uh, and not even always sport. Like sometimes someone would come on and be like, sorry, lads, my wife's been at me all day and then we'll have the wife conversation. Um, so, you know, we it did exceptionally well and then started using that for business, uh, end up growing and selling two professional services agencies using mm -hmm. podcasting to grow them. And by that, I mean, I won my clients via the podcast. I employed yeah. my staff via the podcast. And we eventually sold it to investors that we met on a podcast. So wow. like the whole thing for both businesses just completely revolved around podcasting. Um, and then today, there's kind of two other areas where we focus. We've got a business broadcast network, which is around 250 to 300 hours worth of business television content per month across yeah. 15 different satellite television networks. So we're talking before about what can go wrong, will go wrong. Yeah, trying to manage 300 hours worth of content each month uh, that yeah. go onto satellite television networks in the emerging markets or remote was pretty challenging to say the least. Wow. Um, wow. In fact, I had to buy an external hard drive because at one point I had two terabytes worth of video files on my computer. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so the thing was dying. And then the final one, which is a relatively new project, but I'm happy to talk about it, is something called the EWCC, 
EWC stands for Emerging Wealth Creation Community. And it's a mixture of not-for-profit agents and coaches like myself who are leading in our industry that provide free training to disadvantaged, underrepresented people within both the established markets and the, the emerging markets. So if you will, US, UK, North America, we're talking about single moms, people who might not have finished high school, maybe even criminals who are looking to put their, their you know, former criminals uh, who are looking to put their life back on track and are struggling to find employment. And that also goes right the way through to the mass unemployment that's going on in Southeast Asia, across Africa and across Central America. And the idea is this, we provide free training to them to facilitate them in the skills of sales, lead generation and marketing. And then we marry them commission only via a portal in the community, our marketplace, with businesses around the established markets who sell high ticket products or services that are happy to pay a percentage commission to somebody to generate a lead for them. It's going to be wow. powerful, my friend. I mean, the goal for that is <laughs> the goal for that is huge. I mean, would you expect anything more from a guy who grew his business called Billionaires in Boxes? But the ambition yeah. is to is to empower one billion entrepreneurs to escape their current reality that they find themselves in and build a better life. Wow! Wow! I love powerful, it. It's going to be it big. is powerful. Yeah, you're literally knocking me back with that. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Knocking me back. Wow, that is amazing. Um. Uh, okay, there's there's a, a ton of different ways I could go down, but I want to I'm going to pause for a second on that. Sure, I have to come back to that. Y you got to give us a little bit of background, uh, where you're from, grew up, yeah. all that kind of stuff. How you got into this world mm. of podcasting? It's quite like the best ideas, really. It happened by accident. Uh, it wasn't some great design or some plan I had. I didn't spot the market before anybody else. It was that, um, so I was born uh, in the UK, single parent family on benefits. So in and out of the social care system, kicked out of school at 14, the whole nine yards, right? Even a spell of homelessness. Um, but the one thing I was always really good at was sports. So I ended up playing football, soccer for some of the listeners, I'm sure, professionally. Uh, first in the UK and then across Europe. And then I got medically retired in my early 20s and went into coaching. And I hated that. I hated coaching. I often described it as being like a recovering alcoholic trying to manage a bar. Like I did not want to be on the sidelines. I wanted to be on the field. Like that was where I was desperate to be, not watching other people. Like it was horrific. <laughs> so right. I, I, I did, went into the world of business. I went and studied with the Royal Institute of Chartered Surveyors and became a valuation surveyor and that was that was my my grounding but what had happened was around the time i'd just gone to university i'm um, so i just left the world of sport it's all i'd known since the age of five um and i was really lost like my whole identity was just i was trying to find something else like i'd always been phil the footballer so i didn't know what i was anymore um mm -hmm. and i went to university and one of my friends said would you like to be a guest on my podcast and i said what the hell is a podcast? And he said, well, it's kind of like, you know, when we talk after the game, it's like, yeah, he's like, it's kind of like that, but we record it. I was like, and who listens? He's like, oh, loads of people. I was like, why would people listen to us talking shit? Like, none of, like, none of this makes any sense. And he's like, no, no, you should come on. It'd be really good. And I was like, I don't know. This is mad. And he's like, no, you'll be really good at it because, you know, you, you've come from the game. You understand what goes on behind the scenes. That's something a lot of fans don't really get to see. You can share right. that experience. You know, come on and do it. Went and did it, and there was four of us on the show, and we all became you know, fast friends. It was really good, and we, we were just four blokes having a moan about football, usually. Um, 
And it was just different characteristics, different personalities. But we started to get more and more listeners. And when we got to about 50,000 listeners, I was like, we should be getting paid for this. Like, why are we doing this for free? Like, in fact, we're paying to do this. Like, we're paying the platform and editing. And we're spending hours editing this thing. Because we were doing, like, four shows a week at this point. Oh, and I was yes. like, this is this is silly. So what I realized was very early doors that you could use it for sponsorship and advertising. And then suddenly we went from making no money to making about two grand profit per episode, which wasn't a lot at the wow. time. But then we grew a network that was doing 10 episodes per week on a regular slot, like a radio show, which is how it ended up getting bought out because it was funnily enough, it started to get better post-match reaction numbers than the official football clubs channels did. Yeah. So they were like, oh, we need to buy this because they're getting more listeners than we are about our own club. Um, so that was, that was fun. But one of the things that I realized, you know, when I I left the corporate world at this point, I'd sold the two podcast networks. I wasn't actually doing a podcast at the time and I started my business and I couldn't win customers. Like I'm, and I mean like really badly, like I was telemarketing, Facebook ads, Google ads, BNI breakfast mornings, like you name it. I was doing everything I could to win a customer, but having come from the corporate world and previously sports, what did I know about sales? I didn't know anything about lead yeah. generation. Sales yeah. to me was looking at my inbox and deciding which project I wanted to work on out of the people that had emailed me. It wasn't going out and finding stuff. Yeah. And I had a pregnant wife at the time. I was massively, massively concerned that I was going to have to go back and get a quote unquote real job again because I was I was stinking up the place. And then one night I had like this epiphany and I was like, one of the things that I thought was the byproduct when I had the sports podcast was the free tickets, the meeting cool people. Like that's what I thought was the powerful thing. But actually the powerful thing, if you take it a step back from that, was having a VIP backstage pass to network with anybody I wanted to network yeah. with. You know, if I said to somebody, hey, can I have half an hour of your time? They're going to go, no, or send me an invoice. If I invite someone into a podcast, that's one-on-one -on -one time that we're getting completely free of exchange. It's just, you know, I'm adding value, you're adding value. We're bringing our audiences together. We're trying to drop golden nuggets. Like, this is powerful. So I woke up and I thought, I wonder if I can use podcasting for business in the same way I did for sports. So not focus on sponsorship and advertising this time. In fact, quite frankly, I didn't care if anybody was listening to the podcast. I was using it as a, I'm going to make a list of the top 100 companies I want to work with. And I'm going to invite each of their CEOs onto a podcast to build a relationship with them. Mm -hmm. Fast yeah. forward three months. I had 21 people full time working for me. And I had become the official partner for three professional services agencies, professional bodies that had thousands of members in each. I had more work than I knew what to do with. And, you know, we'd gone from, oh, my God, I'm never going to win a client again to, oh, my God, we've just found a way of finding clients that no one else is using <laughs> anywhere in the world. And, we, and then we started another business and grew that one using the same model. And then fast forward today. Uh, we've been sold both of those businesses, teaching this for the last six years, 100% success record over six years, which is just an incredible stat. Wow. Um, ranked number one in the world for the past three years at what we do. And we do this for hundreds of customers, both small businesses, people. And we do a lot of fundraising and investment stuff as well. So we've actually just yeah. broken our own record. Um, in the last six months, I want to get this right. In the last six months, using podcasting and media, we've generated over $365 million in fundraising and investment. Yeah, man. It's ridiculous. Wow. 365 mil. 
It's just relationships, though, isn't it? You put the two people in a room together, have a great conversation, great stuff comes out of it. All this does is get rid of all the gatekeepers and all the the BS that you're told you have to go through before you speak to somebody, and instead it's having a peer-to-peer conversation platform and seeing what happens. Yeah, it's so true. It's so Okay, I got to jump in, and I got to say, you know, when I started this podcast last year, I I actually had no intentions for it other than – People on social media were saying, hey, I, what should I do? And I said, start a business. And they said, yep. what kind of business? And so I said, start a podcast, right? Mm. It, it's basically free to start, right? You Completely can use your free. laptop, use yeah. the, you know, everything is free Cell out phone. there. YouTube. Yeah, that's right. Use and Anchor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, um, and so I just started doing that. Now, what you're talking about, I kind of learned some of that stuff along the way. I started... Um, you know, inviting different millionaires, multimillionaires. Uh, yeah, all yeah. Of a sudden I was like, wow, they're starting to, they're willing to just sit down and, you know, give me an hour at verbatim. Everything you just said started to happen. Well, it, it's like, because of law of reciprocity, because yes. what most people do is they go to them and they ask for something. They don't even know the person, but they're already asking them for something. Yeah. What you're doing is saying, I would like to give you a platform to share your wisdom and build your visibility, your credibility, and introduce more people to you and your brand. Would yeah. you like to do that? Well, who's yeah. going to say no, right? So they're going to say, yes, they're going to come on. And if they like you, then the opportunity is going to present itself to have an additional conversation. But you yeah. think about the, you think about that same millionaire, right? Or those same multimillionaires. If you asked for an hour of their time via their assistant, you'd be sent an invoice, right? Instead, with a podcast, they go, "Yeah, great, no problem, I'm coming on." It's <laughs> it's just like this incredible tool that allows you to do like the, the utmost. I mean. People do this all the time. I never get this. It drives me crazy. Like exhibitions and events, and they will come back, and they'll come back even stronger, right? But I'm talking about big summits and exhibitions. People are like, oh, you know, these industry summits, they always cost like 500 bucks, and if you want if you want the VIP pass, you've got to do four grand for networking. No, you don't. You've got to own a $30 mic and a podcast and go to the media team. Can I have a press ticket, please? I have a podcast and would like to cover the event. Sure. Would you like to speak to our keynote speakers? They'll be in the VIP area. Oh well, go on then. If you if you insist, I'll go and interview them too. Wow. Now you've just been given a free pass to anywhere you want for an event that you would have paid five grand to go and talk to those same people, or by adding wow. this little lump of plastic in front of you. Isn't it wow. ridiculous? That is ridiculous. I I mean, you're okay. So you're. I don't, I don't even know. I'm getting these warm and fuzzy feelings right now. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. It's like hmm. I didn't even think about any of that kind of stuff. Oh, um, these for days. <laughs> I've used it, for, dude. I've used this for everything: hotel upgrades, upgrades on flights. Um, I've got uh, complimentary tickets to rugby, cricket, and football World Cup finals. Um, all because, oh, just by having a podcast. And that wasn't even the sports podcast. The ones in. Um, I into. I tell you what, I did. I invited on. I was doing some business in Cape Town. And I invited on, this is how I started to get to know them. I invited on the head of media for Proteus, who is South Africa's national cricket side. And we were getting on really well. He said, when are you here? I told him and he was like, oh, that's the final day of the one day internationals against Australia. Would you like to come as my guest? So they put me up in the presidential box with all the other bigwigs. So I'm sat there as CEO of this bank, head of this government department, I did about half a million dollars worth of networking in that box. Wow. Complimentary booze whilst I'm at it. 
right? Wow. But I built up such a great relationship with them. I mean, one of the things I got given, and I'll, I'll treasure this forever, I got given a cricket bat from the 1993 World Cup finals signed by the entire South African team and the coach as a gift from someone for coming to this free event where I made half a million dollars networking. Wow. I met the guy on a podcast. Like now you know why I have a business. Billionaires in boxes exists because I got sick to death of saying to people, I met them on a podcast. How did you get that TV show? I met them on a podcast. How did you get that keynote speaking gig in Shanghai? I met them on a podcast. Like, I got so sick of saying it. I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to teach you guys how to meet people on podcasts so you can all have your own <laughs> stories and stop asking me about mine. That's brilliant. I love it. I love it. I honestly, I love it for so many reasons. Obviously, I've not I've not done any of these things that you're you're talking about. And uh, I've been having a blast and I've been trying to share it with whoever I can. Hey, guys, look, here's this great opportunity. You get to meet people. Um, I really look at it as this opportunity to be able to to give to people. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, to, to me, it, it really is that. And uh, one of my highest values is the ability to teach. Right. To be a, yeah, yeah. coming coming from a place where I didn't you know, I'm a I'm a, a pre Internet uh, baby. Right. Like yeah, I was yeah. there for any of this stuff. And so, uh, you know, I share with people, I said, you know, the the knowledge I got really came from the streets. Mm. And, yeah, you, you know, what was that wisdom? It was about being a drug dealer like mm that that's not built for long-term success. And no. uh, I, I was fortunate that uh, I was fortunate that I almost died um, because it forced me to change everything. Change. Yeah. I change believe everything. That. Right? Yeah, I completely respect and, that. And so here, I love what you're saying because it's like, we, you're a kid in a candy store. Oh, that's exactly, that's such a great analogy. That is exactly what it's like. like right? I, I, every, every time I'm like, I wonder what else, I can do with this. Like, so we, we had, um, my family were going away on holiday, me and my wife and my two girls. And we were going to this gorgeous five-star hotel in, uh, Makati Bay in Egypt, gorgeous, gorgeous hotel. And we were going to be there for two weeks. And it was, we were already in pretty decent rooms to be fair. Like we were in a nice room, yeah. but we didn't go anywhere near the suites. I mean, like I was thinking how much time I did the whole parent thing. How much time are we actually going to spend in the suite anyway? I'm not spending an extra four grand for, for us to have a lounge that we're going to spend no time in. Um, but I said, you know what? I wonder if I can use this podcast. So I rang up the hotel and I asked to speak to the MD. Uh, they put me th straight through to him and I said, I'm actually going to be with you. Um, in a few weeks time and I'm thinking of leaving a review on my podcast now at the time I had about 200,000 listeners so I yeah. said okay look I've got 200,000 listeners to my podcast I'm going to be doing a review of the resort where I'm going to be staying and hopefully encourage more people to come would you be interested in joining me for a podcast interview and he said I would love to and he said you know the UK is one of our core markets i would love to be able to advertise there we're even trying to do a campaign at the moment in north america and i said well that's funny because that's where about 60 plus percent of my customers uh, my listeners are and he went wow okay yeah i'm definitely all over this he's like what's your name she so takes my name he says should we meet while you're here is that okay and i was like yep we'll put an arrow aside and he said well, well we'll do it in my office i'll take you on the grand tour of the hotel and all this kind of stuff anyway arrive at the hotel uh, hand in our passport so they can check him and run him against the system. And she said, uh, oh, you're in the Royal Plaza suite. And I said, I believe so. And then she checks the notes and she said, 
Uh, no, the MD Aladdin has done that complimentary. He said he's upgraded you for both weeks to the suite. We got put in like this. Honestly, I didn't even know stuff like this existed in hotels like that. It was like an entire floor to itself. I mean, not only did this thing have two lounges, it had a grand piano room. <laughs> like, I don't know why I needed a grand piano room. But like they just gave it to me, and my wife, and these two, <laughs> these two little kids who were just knocking around, all because I said, "Hey, you want to come on my podcast?" Right. It was madness. It was absolute madness. Wow. It, I've wow. used it for everything, everything, including insulting somebody once. I had a really bad deal with an airline, and they were being idiots and just messing me about with stuff. And then they were like, "Oh, now there's another charge for the bags," and that. And I'm like, "This is crazy." So I sent an email into customer services like the week before I traveled and said. I hope there's going to be no more problems with this because this has been really terrible customer experience. And it's not often I do this, but I'm half tempted to go on my podcast and put the link. I said half got tempted to go on my podcast and tell people not to fly with you because of the experience I've had. Get to the airport. They've upgraded me to first. <laughs> Just by like threats. So I was like, all right, I won't, I won't do that. Then. So I won't name them <laughs> British Airways. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, honestly, it was just like, oh, quick, just bump him up and shut him up. Just give him a bottle, give him a free glass of champagne, and he'll shut up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, guys, if you're watching, we are uh, on with uh, Phil Palucha of uh, Billionaire wait, Billionaires in Boxes. Billionaires in Boxes, brother. Billionaires in Boxes. Wow. Uh, and I hope you guys are loving this. It's uh, some great, great stuff. I hope you're listening intently. We're going to continue this and continue to talk about <laughs> how to get free stuff, yeah, how to build yeah. a business, <laughs> how to have fun, uh, you know, while you're making money uh, on oh, top of sure. that. And and share in your live, teach all these sorts of things, whatever you want to do in terms of uh, creating uh, online with podcasting. And so mm. Phil, Phil, thank you so much. Um, I had to throw that plug in because I'm having so much fun. No, <laughs> it's great I'm, stuff. I'm glad. It's Do you know great. what though? You mentioned about like having fun with it, but actually there's the, there's the flip side of this as well, yeah. which is it's to avoid things that you don't want to do. So a great example of this is we've all worked with customers that we really wish we hadn't bothered every single one of us, right? <laughs> yes. we, we can all think of at least one person that you were just like, Oh yeah, I don't want to do that again. But yeah. here's the kicker, right? Here's why that person exactly stabbing yourself in the face. Like, Oh my days. Yeah. I don't want to speak to this person, but let me tell you this, right? The reason you remember them so badly. And if we're all honest with ourselves, this is the case is because there was something about it at the beginning of the deal. And we knew we we just knew like in our gut that this person was a pain in the backside. It's always that one that you go above and beyond for you try and change the deal for. It's always that one, right? That's the pain in the backside. Yeah. And we all argued over it with logic and we're like, yeah, but it's 10 grand, you know, let's just do the deal. I could put up with an idiot for 10 grand. And then they end up being way more than 10 grand's worth of headache. Right. Yeah. Now think about podcasting. The people who would have become those customers are going to be turned off by your personality. That's a good thing. You know, you get to interview someone that you might want to work with before you do any work with them, and you get to see, do I resonate with this person or do I not? If the answer is no, then have enough respect for yourself to be able to say, I'm not interested. Even if that person's waving their credit card in your face, have the conviction to say, no, I always go with my gut instinct. I'm not feeling it. Let me introduce you to someone that can help, but it's not going to be me. Yeah. Right. And podcasting yeah. is the single best way that I have found 
to get rid of that. It's also been the single best way that I've personally found to generate leads and like consistent leads because like we aim for two types of, well, three types, actually. I call it the three Ps. This is what we teach. Don't ever do an interview with somebody that's not a purchaser, partner, or promoter. So a purchaser is pretty obvious. They become a customer, right? A partner is what I like to call an NCP. Uh, non-competitive partnerships or a strategic alliance, if you're more comfortable with that term. Somebody that doesn't work with the, sorry, sorry, somebody that works with the same target audience that you do that doesn't deliver the same service or product. And you can refer business to one another. So think about the lineal line. Who's ready for your customer before they're ready for you? Who's working with them then? Who works with them at the same time they work with you? Who works with them after you? If you partner with those people and each refer business to each other, yeah. You know, there's half of your BD done for you. And then if you yeah. use the other half to go and find people, the third P, by the way, is promoter. Promoter okay. is someone that has a podcast, a stage, a summit, a television show, a magazine, a blog, whatever, that's going to introduce you to more of the first two. But if they're not one of those three Ps, yeah. don't speak to them. Because that right there, it, I mean, I'm talking about guest appearances here, but that right there is exactly the reason that so many people spend hundreds of hours on podcasts and never make any money from it. Less than 5% of the industry, in fact. But if you become more strategic in your approach, like you wouldn't invest 50 grand in Facebook ads without a strategy. So why would you do that with your time when time is an even more valuable commodity than money? Wow. Okay. Okay. You you got to break these down again. You you said uh, the, the, three, the three Ps. The three Ps. Purchaser, partner, promoter. Purchase is pretty obvious. This is someone that becomes a customer, right? Yeah. A partner is a strategic alliance or what I like to call NCP, non-competitive partner. Non-competitive. Yeah. Non-competitive partner. That's the low-hanging fruit. The difficult stuff's the competitive guys, but you can do that later. The low-hanging fruit is NCPs. Who works with the same target audience that you do that doesn't yeah. deliver the same service or product? Think about who has your customer before they're ready for you, who works with them whilst they're working with you, and who works with them afterwards. If you create strategic alliances with those people and each refer business to each other, not only is it a great way of increasing your leads, but it gives you the easiest type of business to close, which is referred business, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The third one's promoter. Promoter is who has a stage, Facebook group, platform, email list, summit, podcast, radio show, whatever that can introduce you to more of the first two. So the rule is this. If you're appearing on podcasts as a guest and the the person who wants to interview you isn't one of the three Ps, what are you doing it for? Are you now just doing it for vanity metrics? Because if you are, that's how you become one of the 95% of the industry I was talking about earlier that don't monetize podcasts properly. And in fact, they're usually the people that say, I was doing a fair bit of podcast interviews, but I never got anything back from it. So now I don't have time. Mm. That to me seems just like the most ludicrous thing for anybody ever to say. That's like saying, you know, I was making money. I wasn't really closing any sales. So I've stopped all my sales calls from now on. Mm -hmm. It makes no sense. Like improve the quality of your sales calls. And I I use the analogy before of you wouldn't invest $50,000 in Facebook ads without a strategy. So why would you invest your time, which is a far more valuable commodity than money, into yeah. podcasting without a strategy, either as a host or a guest? Yeah. Okay. So I think one of the things that I see in social media in general mm-hmm. 
is that no one really has any idea of uh, so often people bump into uh you know they go on social media and someone likes something they said yeah or who's kidding who they liked something that she wore and yeah. uh you know off it goes and um and people then look at that and go okay if i want to do anything in the world of social media then clearly the only way to do that is to um what, entertain people i i need to yeah i need to go uh dance or i need to do something like that and not there's at all. never really um there's not a like you you're literally talking about how to monetize this with multiple streams correct of income so to say yeah. right and um, absolutely and I, I find that's that's actually quite rare because you know there is a you, you tend to find that either people are doing this because they're just looking for branding they're putting yep. their name out there hey yeah, here yeah. i am you know and and i let, let's be honest i'm i do a lot of teaching but a lot of what i'm doing is hey guys i'm out here this is what i do um if you want to reach out to me and i do have people reach out to me that uh they watch me and stuff like that but you you have a very structured mm. business model do you know which, why that is so which you, i love even more you've just mentioned about like People create content and then that goes yeah. viral. And then other people then yeah. try and imitate that content because they want to do it. But it's like yeah. investment opportunities. By the time you hear about the opportunity, the big money has already been made because it's the people that got in on it first. Yeah. So when you're talking about you know podcasting, like if I just do enough podcasts, it's going to be good for my brand and my authority and my awareness. No, it was good for that five to 10 years ago because that was the early adopters. Now you have yeah. to be smarter than that. It's not just a numbers game anymore. It's not just a first come, first served. I was here first, so now I get a slice of the pie. Now every man and his dog has a podcast. So it's it's lost its authentic, It's lost its power in the sense of just being a standalone. I can go out, meet people, and that's going to be enough for my business. That's not yeah. true. That's not yeah. true. The power of cross-promotion is great. The power of podcasting is not in the audience, which is where most people think it is. The power yeah. oh. of podcast, like it's not you, in the you audience. You just read my mind. It, exactly yeah. what I wanted to ask the, you. You've said that. The power of podcasting is not in the audience. That's just an awesome byproduct. The power of podcasting is in having a VIP backstage pass to network with anybody you want to within yeah. your industry. When you start thinking of the strategy that way, instead of a, I need to entertain to get more followers. And instead you see it as a, I need to use this power responsibly and meet the people that can help my business grow, that I can partner with, that I can learn from. Now, here's the biggest irony of this. When I sold my sports podcast, we had just over 200,000 subscribers, just over 200,000. Yes. I now have a business podcast that quite openly on a regular basis tells the audience that I don't do this for them. I do this for me. But if they're learning from this as well, good for them. We get 500,000 downloads per episode with 350,000 subscribers and two global radio stations that air the content. By not caring wow. about, well, that's, I don't mean like not caring, but by not focusing on the audience and them even being number five on my priority list, we've amassed a massive following, which led to us <laughs> having been given a TV series. We're now on our third series, by the way, that meets millions of people, all because we didn't 
we didn't use it for that. It what I didn't. I don't care if you like it. I don't care if you share. I don't really care who listens to it. To be completely honest, I get to meet awesome people that have allowed my business to grow. Me and my partners over the past twelve months have made just north of ten million dollars in additional sales together without a single cent in paid advertising using podcasting, media, and the relationship it creates. So people could go and say, how do I get 500 more people to follow my podcast? By not caring. There's your answer. <laughs> That's, uh, <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. Um, it so flies in the face of everything that goes out there. Oh, it's but brilliant. it's such nonsense that goes out there. It's like hustle, hustle, hustle. Just always be creating content. Like people say, like all the most obvious questions, like how often should I be releasing content? Some people yeah. say every day. Some people say two times a day. You know what I say? As often as it's relevant and adds value. If that's once a week, then do it once a week. If that's once a day, do it once a day. If that's once every 10 minutes, do it once every 10 minutes. But never, ever be sat there trying to create a piece of content going, oh, I've got to put, release a piece of content today. What, what do I do? Who should I interview? Mm -mm. If you're running out of things to say, you're using the strategy wrong. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, that's great because, one, it, it's uh... – it probably flies right in the face of everything that Gary V teaches. Um, <laughs> I actually look, I like Gary a lot, right? But yeah. what Gary's approach is very different to mine. Yeah. I like him a lot. And actually, I hope I get the opportunity to meet him at some point because I think he's a yeah. great guy. I, I've read a lot of his books. Um, I've watched a lot of his stuff. In fact, I was at an event that he was at here in the UK. I wanted to meet him, but I ended up, it sounds awful, this. I ended up getting chatting with Grant Cardone instead. So I didn't end up speaking to him, who's a prick, by the way um okay. not a nice guy i wish he was like he seems quite like like someone's he, dad in the does. videos like nice and cuddly. no he's an arrogant yeah. ass um all right and in fact the person who introduced me to me said i've known him for a few years be warned he's an arrogant mf okay and i was it. like okay um but that's by the by what yeah. gary teaches is throw enough crap at the wall and something will stick yeah right Keep showing yeah. up day after day let, after day. Let the market decide. Let the market decide. Yeah. And eventually yeah. that wall is going to come down. If you keep hammering at that wall, it's going to come down. Yeah. What I teach is efficiency. So what I teach is never take an action unless it's moving you further steps forward. Everything has to be strategic. Everything has to be planned. There's a quote that I like. Uh, it's a Bill Gates quote. He said, he hires the laziest person to do the yes. most difficult job because they'll find the quickest way of doing it. Now, he uses the word lazy. I don't think I'm lazy. In fact, I'm not lazy. I'm managing three businesses that would run most people into the ground. But yeah. what I took from that was efficiency. Yeah. Be efficient. Like in, in the corporate world, if you finish a task in three hours that was supposed to take you eight, people punish you and they say, you must have rushed it. It must have been sloppy. It must have been yeah. useless. You should be rewarded for that because you did it in like half the time that someone else was going to do it. So yeah. as an entrepreneur, you're not paid by the hour. So efficiency yeah. is your best friend because that extra three hours it took you to do a task that it didn't need to was three hours you could have spent with your children. It's three yeah. hours you could have spent reading and learning something that's going to add another million dollars worth of revenue onto your thing. It's another yeah. three hours that could have been three podcast interviews with people that became partners and customers and moved yeah. your business further forward. So efficiency yeah. is key. Wow. But now, now some of the stuff you said earlier, you know, you got – you have this podcast and you're mm -hmm. you're telling them uh, I'm going to give a bad review 
not, yeah. to British, not to British Airways, but um, to whoever else. Um, yeah. And, um, you, you know, you're 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 doing this. But isn't that isn't the power that you had there? Isn't that in the fact that, hey, you've got this audience and that you could broadcast to them? It gives you more leverage. It gives yeah. you more leverage. But like the most authentic way of growing an audience is appearing as a guest on other people's shows and adding value so that they want to come and stick around. What yeah. I'm suggesting is you can have that as a byproduct by adding value onto a podcast whilst building a relationship with somebody you, you've won twice. Like, yeah. but just focusing solely on, you know, on, on growing followers and growing an audience, just, it just seems so old fashioned. Uh, yeah. I mean, and look, and the reality is this, you don't need to be famous. You only need to be famous for, I think the statistic is something like 500 people. If 500 yeah. of the right people know that you exist, your yeah. life is set, right? <laughs> so I would rather focus on making sure that the 500 people that I want to know me, know, like, and trust me, rather yeah. than being somewhat known by 5 million people. That's no use yeah. to me. Yes. Wow, that is really interesting. You just summed up something very... Uh, so in in my business model in in the stuff that i do in the world of investing we there is no mass number i mean the the number of steps and hoops and things that you have to jump through to close on a single deal uh, Mm -hmm. right on a on these real estate type transactions yeah there's there's so many regulations and and that that you you, quite frankly you just can't appeal to the masses right yeah Um, and and sometimes, and this is interesting. If I can just be vulnerable here, sometimes sure. I sit there and I go, "What do I do for all these other people?" Because mm. there's so many people, but I I can't do anything for them. Um, it, it's there's really just a subsection. It, it, interesting. Last year, uh, having all those millionaires, multimillionaires on the mm. podcast, I, I found that the information was above what most people could actually interact with right sure you've got to be at a certain place and that and and so yeah yeah. now here i am and and you're sharing this there's so many people that don't fit into that Mm. into that category but i feel a sense of loss like what can i do for these people but it's not lost it's elevation because if you're sharing the journey on a podcast you're helping them yeah. to elevate themselves so they do yeah. become ready at that level so you can have that yeah. conversation with them and then you can help them like it's i i had to go through something similar in my business so you know when we're doing our, our it's a funny talk about investment i'll touch on that in a sec but okay. when we're doing our corporate work i mean it's i don't know 50 to a hundred thousand dollar investment something like that with us if you're doing a tv show it's 125 to 250,000. like my lowest level entry product is three grand so we got three five and ten right for our like very beginner let me show you how to make some money using podcasting kind of stuff right yeah yeah but i still have customers that are like you know i can't afford that can you do something for 500 bucks can you do something for a grand we get that a lot Right. But that's not my audience. And I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. It's just I I need you to be in a certain place so that I can elevate you. But if you like if I can take you from step five to step 100 on that ladder, but you're not at step five yet, I'm going to share information for free. I'm going to appear as a guest like this on a podcast. I'm going to give you tips and tricks that are going to help you get from zero to five, because once you're at five, you can afford an investment in us that I can take you to 100. But that doesn't wow. mean that I'm responsible from zero to five. That's not my part of the market. Right. 
Right. Wow. That is so brilliant. Uh, that is so brilliant. I, leading up to this podcast, and I, as I was reading some of your your uh, your background, I was I was like, man, that's so interesting. J- just some of the things like it's not about the audience, and um, you know, talking about uh, sports because um, one of the things I love is um, uh, mixed martial arts. And, yeah. and so every time there's a fight, I'm on there with my brother, my brother-in-law. And and like you said, you know, you're just ta- talking whatever, smack. Yeah. And uh, and it's a blast. And, uh, and there's but that's times so authentic. I've, People love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's times where you're like, you know what? Maybe I should just for fun have something over here where you do that. If anyone wants to listen, great. Good for you. Um, but just having fun. But I and I love oh, well, that I'll, I'll, that's I'll what re- you're creating. 100%. Well, I'll tell you something real funny, actually. When I had my second sports <laughs> podcast network, right, I didn't even realize until I read the comments that I did this, right? But people started to write, you no, know, like on YouTube, when they write, like, when exciting things happen at certain th- bits, people started doing that in our podcast comments, so they'd write 32 minutes in, Phil Meltdown, right? Because <laughs> I just got, like, something will rattle me, and I'll just start rambling. In fact, the, the boys kindly named it after that scene from Family Guy. They were like, here comes Phil with what grinds my gears, and I'll just sit there for the next 10 minutes just ranting about whatever. I mean, yeah. at one point, I had... um I can't even remember what it was now, but I was ranting about some uh, cross trainer, right? And I just, okay. but it was like 20 minutes of me just going, and this happened, and this happened. And then all the lads would just shut up at this point. I'm just mm-hmm. rambling. And then I get to the end and I go, so I don't like it. And they all just burst out <laughs> laughing. And we're like, yeah, we kind of figured that, like with the 20 minute rant. But what was great was, I mean, like we ended up getting so many interactions in the comments of the. In fact, that's a really funny story because we had like hundreds of interactions in the show underneath with people going, "That was really funny." I'm also not going to buy that. We then got contacted about three days later by that company's biggest competitor to ask us if we'd like if they could sponsor one of our shows, and it was like, "Yes, you can." <laughs> oh my goodness, that's amazing! That was just, that's just our, our talking smack, right? That's just yeah. us having having a load of fun. Like yeah. this is this is what I say to people about content, right? So content is really powerful because you do want to be out there. You know, yeah. is Tony Robbins the best coach in the world? No, he's just the most visible. Is Gary Vaynerchuk right. the best marketer in the world? No, he's just the most visible. Yeah. So I've seen so many businesses that deserve to achieve great things fizzle away because they were their industry's best kept secret. So content is king. When people talk, people like Gary V talk to you about content, 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 they're absolutely yeah. right. Here's where I disagree. I don't think content should be the focus. I think content should be the byproduct. Yeah. I think you monetize the relationships and the conversations on podcasts. And the byproduct of that is podcast interviews, video that you can put out on LinkedIn Live and YouTube and Facebook and audio that you can push out to everywhere in the world and clips and audiograms that you can use for your social media. Like you can take care of your whole marketing stuff just with podcasts. But make sure that you're actually monetizing that relationship as well. Make, I mean, how much have you won then? You know, I have clients that they win ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar contracts from a host or from a guest on their show before the thing's even edited and released. So they've already got cash in the bank before the audience have heard a damn thing. So anything else that comes from that is just a massive added bonus. 
Okay, I just uh, to uh, to anyone watching right now, I just want to apologize. If you're really looking for the dirty secrets on Phil, and he was going to share his background, and we we haven't gotten into any of that because, quite honestly, <laughs> I'm just having a blast uh, listening to him from everything from as he's sharing about his mindset uh, in life and business, and uh, quite honestly, all the stuff that he's sharing with you guys right now on on how to build a business and um, how to build a podcast. So. Um, so sorry about that. If we get into some juicy bits, ask me. Come on, yeah, then ask what what, di- it, what dirty secrets did you want to know? <laughs> I'm, I'm open book. Hit me with them. If I don't want to tell you, I'll tell you. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I'm I'm fun with everything that you're sharing right now. It, it's great stuff. That uh, like I what I'm really getting is the is the fun that you've had in this journey. Oh, for sure. Right. Like like I. It's clear to me that you are a shark, right? Like you're you're out in the sense that um, you don't just wander about willy nilly. There mm, is there's a purpose. real passion and purpose and mm. intention behind what you're doing, and I sure. I like that and I admire that. That that's exciting to hear that, mm. and you're having fun through it all, mm. and so that's that's a part that a lot of people I find they when they think of business um they think oh you've got to be the certain kind of person and and you got to kind of throw fun out the window right like they most people think that if you're going to be rich you're you know you're not going to be happy right like okay you can not true either i mean look it can it can be it can be done that way i I mean i'm sure we both know very wealthy people who are absolutely miserable right yeah uh, so yeah so for me whether without trying to go too deep with it for a minute i think there's, there's probably two things that that helped me i suppose i have a number of mentors i think mentors are incredibly important people in your life and i think two of the mentors for me one of them's a billionaire one of them's a self-made multi-millionaire in the hundreds of millions the guy who's made hundreds of millions has two kids and well i say kids they're now teenagers and his biggest regret is that he wasn't really around when they were growing up because he was working to provide them with the life that they've got and he regrets that now so because of that, I work four day weeks. I take I work Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, every Wednesday and every weekend is just for my girls. They get they get me full time three days a week. And that's that will never change. That's the right thing to do. And that's what I learned from him, because if he had his time over again, he would spend more time with his kids. So now family is in my calendar before any of my meetings are work fits around my family, not the other way around. The other person was who's a, a billionaire actually inherited a lot of businesses from his dad and he actually took it back to billionaire status you know uh, i love him to pieces uh one of the only guys outside the u.s to make serious serious cash that i've met as well and he's miserable like he's really unhappy he's just got divorced from his third relationship he's got two kids from an earlier marriage that don't really see him but he pays the money every month uh, they only call him when they want cash uh, and when he fell ill with his health a few years ago, there was only about me and four of the people that actually contacted him to see how he was doing. Everyone else was just quite happy to take when he was well, but wasn't really interested when he was sick. Right. So what I learned from him is you've got to have fun with it because you've got to enjoy the journey as much as the destination because the destination, yeah. if it wasn't fun, is not going to be fun. Like, yeah. think of the journey as the preview to the destination. If the journey's not fun, the destination is not going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, people miss the this whole concept of they miss the concept of your time on top of the mountain mm. 
is not is never going to be long enough in comparison to the amount of time that you took to climb the mountain and quite frankly there's just not as many people up there to to be able to enjoy it with and so if that's if your concept is that's what's going to happen so you 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 really you better enjoy the climb yeah you're so right you you have to enjoy the climb And and this is where i think you know going back to the content conversation I think everybody has it in them, in them. They just have to find that form of medium that they enjoy. Yeah. So there's people going, should I start a podcast? Well, I don't know. Do you enjoy appearing as a guest on podcast? If the answer is no, or I've never tried it, yeah. then go try that before you give an answer. Right. Because if you're not going to enjoy being a guest, you're not going to enjoy being a host. Mm-hmm. Right. If you don't enjoy writing, if you don't enjoy sitting there to write that stuff down, don't start a blog. You know, if you're a bit self-conscious about your image, don't start a YouTube channel. Like, you have to find the medium that's right for you. If you like visual, then think about things like TikTok and Instagram. If you like longer forms of visual, think about YouTube, television, and streaming. If you like audio in short, think about things like Clubhouse. If you like audio in long, think about things like podcast and radio. Like, there's something for everybody. You've just got to find what that thing is for you that you enjoy. If you enjoy drawing, start writing little doodles and comic strips about quotes and things that you've heard that day and sharing that on social media. That'll take off because nobody's doing that. But you have to find the thing that you love because on those days when you just can't be asked and you're tired and you're like, oh, my days, do I really have to do another one of them? You have to get to the point where that thing, like podcasting is for me, makes me go, I've been having a really bad day. I'm about to go on a podcast. Days turning around right now. I love these things. If that's not how you feel about your content, you'll push it off for another day and your diet will start Monday. Right. Wow. That is so brilliant. Man, Phil, where have you been all my life? (laughs) In the UK. No, not really. I haven't been here that much. You're really honoring me, uh, Phil. Honestly, I, I love everything that you're sharing. It, it's really speaking to me. I, it's speaking to me not just from a business standpoint, but it's mm. also speaking to me uh, individually and personally. Uh, just this, even even what you talked about with taking a, the Wednesday off mm. uh, for family. And I'm like, yeah, why the heck don't I do that? Mm. Um, and, I love and, and the, the reason I do Wednesday, by the way, so in case you want to use this, is yeah. I can always give 100% of my energy because I know I'm never more than two days away from a rest. <laughs> so I, I'm not trying to get to Wednesday trying to manage like hump day energy so you end up with a mad burst on Friday and you're exhausted all day Thursday. I'm yeah. always refreshed. Monday, Tuesday, work gets 100% of my focus. Wednesday, my kids get 100% of my focus. Thursday, Friday, work gets 100% of my focus. Weekend, my kids and sports gets 100% of my focus. Okay. Does does this ever get so because you enjoy it because mm. it, it can get addicting. Do you ever like you you, you know you, there's so much Okay, okay. I'll, t- I'll tell you this quick story. So, tell one me. of my sons, I've got I got four kids. One of my sons, he's 14 and uh he he wasn't doing well in science and so. uh teacher sent him a warning. And so we sat down and we were studying. And we studied Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, Saturday were mediocre studying sessions at best. Sunday, he really gave himself and he walked out knowing, mm. just knowing stuff. <laughs> and he went and did the test on Monday. And uh, I didn't care if he had the response yet. Um, but 
he shared what it felt like to actually know something and to learn and how addicting that was to him. Like it felt good. And, uh, and so I took him out and we went and celebrated. I went and bought him something. And I was like, look, I don't care what you got on the test. I said, that feeling is uh, of preparation Correct. will make you money for the rest of your life. That, that in and of itself is, is brilliant. And, um, and so the, for me, I find that this can kind of be like that. Very like, much so. You're, you're sharing stuff, and I'm like, I, I'm giddy over here. Mm. Thinking, man, if people understand the power of what you're talking about, it's so great. Like, I'm sitting here going, what do I do? And so I'm mm. saying that can be addicting in and of itself. I found myself going, well, okay, let me take a call Saturday, or let me take a call Sunday. or It's so easy because it's it gives me something mm. that can be addicting. Uh, how do you find sort of a balance there where you're like, okay, I, I know I want to, I want to get more, but I want to make sure mm. that I cut off that time. How do you do that? How do you, how do you cut it off without thinking about what you're building over here? I think, I think there's two, if I'm honest, I think the, the first one is obviously my family. Like I, I'm working to provide for my family. So yeah. I want to make sure that I'm spending time with them because that's how I recharge. I recharge by relaxing and spending time with my kids. You know, people will see me on stage. They'll see the TV show and they probably think like, I love parties. I hate parties. We don't like them. Right. I would much rather have a pajama day with my kids and watch TV. Like that's, that for me is how I recharge. So I think that's the first one. The second one is understanding the law of diminished returns right? If I continue to work at something, eventually it produces less results than when I've got. So, you know, it's the same way when I was in in sport, I appreciated that I couldn't train seven days a week because I would put my body under too much pressure. So the days that I was training, I would give it everything. And the day that was my rest day, I would rest because I understand that that's how you get the most out of your body. So that's how you get the most out of your body. I just kind of presume that that's how you get the most out of your life. Like go hard when you're doing something, but have that off time. If you said it at nine o'clock in the evening in your calendar is when you're going to stop working, stop working. Because the second you give in and you do that one bit more, you've just told the universe that you're now happy to work later into the evening. So expect problems to start arising at 9.30 in the evening that now need your attention. You know, if you start taking that one or two phone calls on the weekend, expect the norm to now be that people think they can contact you on the weekend. So yeah. if you set that parameter right there, which is here is when you can talk. I have it with my team and I love them all to pieces, but they all know it. There are certain times and they all have access to my calendar. There are certain times that they cannot talk to me. Family time, football and meditation. If any of those three things are in my calendar, don't even bother messaging me because I'm not responding till I'm done. Wow. I love that. I do. I really love that. I Wyatt, you're not allowed to uh, call me anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, shh, Todd, don't get, get hold of this guy. <laughs> we, we we actually have fun talking about, hey, who who can we get on the podcast? Um, and so we'll have these fun conversations. Well, start, um, start thinking about that process differently. So if it, with your yeah. show, again, there are three types of people. It's not as clever as the three Ps, right? Yeah. You want to invite people that you want to learn from. Yeah. You want to invite potential customers to build a relationship with them. Okay. And you want to invite existing customers to celebrate their success and have them give you like a customer testimonial talking about the impact that you've had on them and their business. Those three things. Again, (laughs) if it's not one of those three things, why are you talking to the person? 
<laughs> that is so brilliant. <laughs> it's simple, isn't it? The simple things are just, it's, that's exactly, that. people are trying to overcomplicate this. The yeah. three Ps when you're appearing as a guest and those three when you're being a host, you will make money from podcasting, you will build lasting relationships, you will continue to grow and you will continue to learn and you won't burn out by doing too many interviews that never go anywhere. Right, right. You know, I, I really love what you're creating there. It's thank you, brother. Uh, honest, honestly, off, oftentimes that uh, you know, I get a lot of pushback with regards to um, the the long format, right? Because we're mm. talking, we're, we're talking for an hour, hour and a half mm. sometimes, and so often people are not in for that type of a ride. Correct. Right? Uh, give me a give me a seven minute, a fifteen minute podcast and i'm like no i'm not no. doing that you know you can you can watch the clips or something right uh, to me knowledge needs to be earned wisdom Correct. needs to be you're gonna ha- if you can't put in an hour and listen to my man phil tuck uh, you know just dropping uh million dollar bombs if you can't go through that process i don't have anything for you mm. right i uh, but but there are times because I've been so focused on, okay, so how do we appeal to the audience? And I love what you're like, you know what? Not at all. <laughs> the audience grows as a result of you not not doing it for them, right? So if you genuinely like, okay, if we let's say we finish off air, we have a conversation and we end up working together. The very yeah. first thing I'm doing with you is yeah. working out who your NCPs are and where the opportunities are to make money. So who right. are your non-competitive partners that we can create partnerships with? And what do you need to make money? We yeah. then go about facilitating those relationships on a podcast. And here's a little bit of a gold nugget tip for the pros, for the people that have stuck around to this point. By inviting somebody onto a podcast to talk, if all you've got as currency by way of exchange is your network, now they're going to want to know how many listeners you've got. They want to know how much time this is going to take them yeah. because those things are now important. Yeah. But if you facilitate the conversation with, I'm keen to explore how we might be able to elevate each other's businesses. Why don't we have that conversation on a podcast? Because then we can repurpose the content. You're now getting a very different response because quite frankly, nobody now cares about the audience. They don't care about how long it's going to be. What they care yeah. about is here is somebody who wants to help me and wants to know if I can help him. Law yeah. of reciprocity. Let's yeah. see what this looks like. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Very few people ever get me to um, not have a word of response, but yeah, <laughs> you got me. You got me at hello. Um, okay, that listen, that's that is brilliant, uh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And and I know that people are always asking the question, well, how do I know what to say, and and mm. uh, you know what what should my message be? And and there's a lot of judgment that people apply. And, and I always say that uh, judgment is the killer of dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, that you won't make a one minute video because you're worried about, you're worried well, about the judgment, right? I have a piece of advice on that for people if they're Ooh, interested. Oh, this is one of the yeah. things I say to my customers a lot, right? So let's think back to high school. What percentage of your high school class would douche bags? <laughs> I'm going to say at least 50%. Okay. Right? At least I, would, I was probably in that. Yeah, well, but which percentage would douchebags, right? 50%, yeah. okay? Yeah. So that po- those people then went into the general population. So it's pretty fair to assume that at least 50% of the population are douchebags. I mean, that's being conservative, right? So if you release a piece of content, at least 50% of people aren't going to like it because they're douchebags. 
But the problem that you would have is if they did like it, that means you're a douchebag, right? So it's actually a good thing that people don't like your content. So you should produce more content because as I said, we're looping right back. But as I said earlier, these customers that you don't want to work with will be turned off by that piece of content. That is the person who you don't want to work with. So the fact that they don't like it is a really good thing. Because if you hadn't have released that piece of content, they might have read what you do as a service or a deliverable. They like the sound of it. They order it. And now you're clashing because now they don't like you. And their first interaction with you is working with you. You could have avoided all of that pain and headache just by releasing a piece of content that turned them off because your vibe attracts your tribe. If they're not your tribe, they will go away. If they are, they will vibrate with you, resonate to you, and they will work with you. That's brilliant. I love that. Uh, Listen, guys, I hope that you're taking notes. And if you're not taking notes, go back to the beginning and watch this again and take notes. Um, Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, Can I actually hold you to to us doing that four-hour Joe Rogan? uh, We should do it. Yeah, we really should. Come on. I'd love to. Yeah, we definitely should. That'd be a lot (laughs) of fun. That's brilliant. Okay. Um, Gosh. I, I don't honestly I don't even know where to where to go. You you literally have me. There there's um I'm I'm loving what you're talking about with tell tell us a little bit about your billionaires in a box. Let, let's let's hear a little bit about your what you teach. You said there's different levels, everything yeah, from yeah. three thousand dollars to you know a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, so there are kind of three main areas of reasons why people would ever work with us. One of them yeah. is increased lead generation and sales, and that applies at every level. Uh, obviously, if you're a small business, you might only want to make an extra five, ten grand a month. But for a lot of our bigger businesses, that's not going to cut it. They, like they want an extra like ten million a year, fifty million a year. The um, another part is authority building, right? Nobody wants to be their industry's best kept secret. You want more speaking gigs. You want to be more recognized. You want to have better backlinks. You want to get invites to industry events and opportunities. Knowing the right people, being in the right place, is exactly how you do that. So it's all a networking thing. And then the final piece is investment. So we actually work with, uh, we're partnered with about five or six crowdsourcing platforms globally. We work with VCs, M&As, private equity, family offices, you name it, been there, done that. Our sweet spot's probably fundraising for private companies who are looking to go public between 10 to $100 million US rise, something like that. Um, We go as little as a million sometimes if somebody needs it. Um, but that typically is a fee plus equity or fee plus success thing off the back end or whatever. Um, but I guess the joy of this is like six years, hundred percent success record that has been achieved, not by accident, right? You don't get a hundred percent success record by accident. That's been achieved because I only say yes to work with people that I believe two things about always these two. Number one. Do I believe in my heart that if I elevate this person as I know I can, that they will use it for good? Okay. Yeah. Reason number two, can I help this person make more money? Do they have a product or service that the market wants that if I introduce it to more of the right people, they have the capacity and the heart to be able to deliver a good service to somebody? If the answer is yes to both of those things, I will entertain having you on as a customer. If the answer is no to even just one of those things, I won't do it. That's how yeah. we've got a 100% success record. Wow. That's interesting. I I, I kind of have two. Um, <laughs> I've got two rules of working with people too. Uh, but mine is um, because I'm in real estate, I'm, I'm like, uh, 
rule number one, we're going to make money. If you're not sure yeah. about it, if this re- you're not sure about the real estate thing, making money, come back to me when you are sure. Uh, that's rule number one, as, yeah. as douchey as that's out. Um, and then number- we're in business to make money. Look, yeah. One of the things that gets me about this, just before we move on to point number two, because you just touched yeah. on something really important there. Yeah. Lots of people that currently don't have money almost look at making money as like a negative thing, or it might turn me yeah. into a bad person, or am I going to be perceived differently? Like, there's no point being a broke philanthropist. The more you have, the more you can help. So, yeah. you know, yeah. there is nothing wrong with making money. It's how you make the money and what you do with that money once you have it. If you're yeah. using that money to, and you're earning that money by helping people and doing a good deed, and then you take that money, give yourself and your family a better way of life and give to charity, give to community, support people, yeah. give your time, you know this is all a good thing. We've just elevated a good person, which is why that's my point. Number one, if I'm not elevating a good person, I'm not doing it. Yeah. So yeah. there's nothing wrong with making money. Yeah. <laughs> well, my number two is, uh, and, and we're going to give back if, yeah. if you're not, if you're not about it, then, you know, I love it, man. because, because quite frankly, uh, and it's, and this is why it's resonating with me so strongly. What you're talking about is because, mm. If you're not sure, I'm I'm not the guy to sell you on it, right? No, like, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> you and I will you and I will get on really well because one of the things I say within my business is we don't sell, we introduce. Um, yeah. Like we don't sell because I yeah. selling to me. I mean, there's nothing wrong with selling, but selling to me reminds me a lot of trying to convince somebody. I don't yeah. convince anybody. Like if yeah. if like, I don't mean this to sound rude. If you can't see the value of investing three to five grand to make an additional 10 to 20 grand a month. And I can't help you. There's no, there's no pill for that. Like I'm not a stupid doctor, you know, like I don't fix that stuff. Whereas if you're like, Oh, okay. I've got room in my business to make 10, 15, 20 grand more a month. If I pay this guy five grand once, he's going to teach me how to do that. Like if you see that we're going to get on fire. If you struggle with that, like, I don't know. I don't even know where to refer you. Like I can't help you. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Absolutely. And and the other side of it being if you're if you're not a person that wants to be a part of this world, Mm-mm. right? If you're not a person that wants that sees that there's people that have needs or that you know, that you can be a part in a, to to change, then you know, that's that's all right. There's lots of other people out there that'll Correct. help you. Right. Correct. And, and off you go. And I have I the same a conversation a lot with, um, I mean, I'm going to pick on them a little bit here, but kind of like yeah. particularly these Instagram coaches, these Instagram gurus, right? The ones that yeah. are renting private jets for the day so they can take photos for Instagram and Snapchat and stuff. Like, like these people come to me and go, can you make me number one in the industry? And I go, yeah. And I go, will you? No. Because yeah. you'll use that to rip people off. You'll use that to sell overflated courses that don't deliver anything. No. Like we are so far apart in business. Like the first thing I do as soon as somebody spent money with me is work out how I can get them that money back as quickly as possible through value that I'm teaching them so that they can go and make money, which is why that's my rule number two. Like I've had people come to me and say, look, I'm semi-retired now. I'm just trying to push my book because I want to get to bestseller. Can you help? Yeah, I can, but I can't really help you make your money back through book sales. And I'm going to feel uncomfortable if we go beyond four, six, eight weeks and you've not earned your money back. I'm going to feel really uncomfortable with that. So if I can see the scope to help you earn, I will do it. But how many coaches don't take that approach? How many coaches take the approach of if you've got the money for my program, that's all that matters. Okay, so 
Phil, there are so many, um, there's so many different avenues that you've talked about. And uh, for, for listeners, let, let's just, first of all, if they want to get a hold of you, if they want to learn more about uh, your offerings and what you do, where, where should they, where should they go? Yeah, it's a great question. Thank you. I mean, obviously, you can find us at Billionaires in Boxes um, on every social media platform. But what I will also do for your audience, and I'll send this across to you and Wyatt afterwards, is I'll share a link with you, which is to a free masterclass. It's a masterclass that is specifically designed. You know, as we talked earlier about how zero to five on the ladder is not my responsibility. This is a masterclass to say, here is zero to five. Like if you want to get to a position that you can actually start to talk to me about authority building and increasing sales and becoming a market leader. That's the place to start, especially either if you're not currently podcasting or if you're not currently making money from your podcasting. And I'll include yeah. that as a free masterclass. It's a gift there for everybody. Last time we sold it in an event, it was $2,000 to sell that particular workshop. So $2,000 gift. Anyone that stuck around right until the end, check out the show notes below. You'll see the link there. Definitely check it out. I think you have to put your name, email address, and maybe cell phone number in case we want to contact you at some point, and you'll be given full access. I think it's even got an option to download it. So go nuts make lots of notes and let me let you in on a little secret the very first time we did this masterclass, the very first time somebody watched it did a podcast interview later that day and made ten thousand dollars in revenue from the host just plugging in the strategy that i talk about in that workshop wow 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 thank you so, so much gift. thank you thank You're you welcome. that that's brilliant uh, i love it i love it uh, and what what are you what are you are you on to now? What's next for you? <laughs> Dude, I man, mean, because uh, billionaires in a box is that that's got to be a multi-year. Uh, yeah, billionaires in boxes strategy. is my baby. I've never really had a business yeah. like this that that I, that I've that I've loved and had so much fun with. So we we we're growing as big and as as big as possible. Um, yeah. But I guess the main focus outside of billionaires in boxes is the EWCC, as we talked about earlier. Yes. Um, yes the emerging wealth creation community. That's something that's very close to my heart, having come from poverty and kicked out of school and being somebody that yeah. statistically should be dead or in prison, not in the position yeah. that I'm in. Um, you know, I'm all about creating opportunities for people. I have a great team of people, many of whom that work directly for us who are from the emerging markets. And I know how life-changing this has been for them. In fact, wow. full disclosure, one of them sent me an audio note earlier just to say how much her life has changed since working with us. And it genuinely made me cry um i was really moved by it I, I wasn't expecting it and she was talking about how her life was before we met and the impact it's had now and just saying i'm just so grateful and on oh, it was it was it was difficult to listen to in, in as much as i couldn't lump in my throat kind of thing yeah. um so the ewcc is all about creating that opportunity on mass it's about helping but i mean look Look at it from a business perspective. You've got more capacity to do sales. You can earn sales whilst doing good. Like worst case scenario, you're getting some more high ticket sales. Best case scenario, you're going to change somebody's life forever. Wow. Like that's not a bad deal, right? Yeah, no, it's not a bad, not a bad way to spend your life. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Wow. Th that right there, Billionaires in Boxes will be a business that I'm remembered for. The EWCC will be my legacy. That's that's right. what I'm working on. Wow. Wow. That's brilliant. Phil, thank you so much uh, for coming on our show today. Uh, thank you for having me. I, I, it's been uh, nothing but pleasant. And 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 honestly, it you have given me so much 
to be able to, uh, you know, I'm going to go share with my wife and kids even about uh, what we've learned. And uh, I think I'm really thinking about this taking Wednesday thing off. You should. I really like that. It yeah, try it, man. It makes a big you know. It just you. means that you're you're more focused on Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday and you know. And yeah. I'm in the finance world, so no one really works on Fridays anyway. So uh, they, exactly. they don't want they don't want people to know that. But none of them actually. Well, it's your admin day, isn't it? Which is good because you don't want admin hanging over you before the weekend. So <laughs> it's a decent day to do it. So that so if you think about it, you've got one admin day and three core days: Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, which is just purely work. Now, if you yeah. know that ahead of time how proficient are you in how you take action on those three days? Cause you're solely yeah. focused on that. Yeah. It makes a big difference. I mean, it does. It does. I, I, I heard that the moment you said that. And mm. so I, I think I, I really love it. I really appreciate that and everything else you shared and, and Phil definitely, absolutely. Uh, want to take you up on uh, doing a we should. four hour Joe Rogan. Let's do it. Uh, talk smack about whatever i don't know exactly. kind of episode we should uh, no well i'm definitely up for that we should definitely do that and you know full disclosure this is how these things work i'd like a conversation with you as well i mean if like talking about what you're doing with your business knowing what we do there'll be people that i, I always like to say it this way there will be people in my phone book that'll be good for you and i'm pretty sure there'll be people in your right. phone book that'll be good for me so right. you've already Love been it. bitten by the podcast bug if I can show you how to monetize that and grow the business with it, it puts yeah. you in a different place. So that's why I love these conversations. You and I have resonated together. So any work we do together, both of us yeah. will gain from massively. That's yeah. exactly why I have these conversations. Yeah. I I so get that from you, Phil. I absolutely do. Uh, listen, thank you so much. I don't want to hold you any longer. I know thank you're you off really to, uh, to making another billion. And I am. <laughs> uh, another billionaire in the box. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much, Phil. Thank you for having me. It's been great to be here.